For Delaware State of the Arts, I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is Kim Hoey-Stevenson, a 2023 Delaware Individual Artist Fellow in the field of fiction literature. A Delaware native, Stevenson grew up in Milford, the oldest daughter in a family of four children. Though she graduated from college with degrees in psychology and biology, she'll always tell you, I've always been a writer. Kim is a nationally recognized award-winning writer and journalist who specializes in feature writing, especially taking complex subjects and presenting them in an approachable manner. She writes for publications such as AOL, The Daily Finance, Parade Magazine, and The News Journal. She travels extensively both for personal and professional causes. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. And as we kick off, think about what inspired you to become a fiction writer and when did you realize that this was your calling? Thank you for having me here. And I, you know, it's probably cliche, but really I started writing when I was old enough to write. But I I used to read all of the Grimm's fairy tales. I mean, the Grimm ones, you know, like, oh my gosh, they're cutting Cinderella's foot off and stuff like that. Yeah, (laughs) the the evil sisters. And they were just so cool. And so I would go, I would write, well, I want to write one of those. And so I remember when I was probably five or six, I wrote my first story and my mom still has it. It's, you know, on pieces of paper with giant words, you know, like the, my handwriting was awful. And it was a story of um, a prince that had to go to go save his village. And he, he went into a cave with a troll and was able to blind the troll with the light and um, steal the treasure and save the village. So anyway, so <laughs> Obviously, your writing process probably has evolved a little bit from those early days to now. And so uh, as you think of write your process now, either as it relates to feature editing or fiction writing, what does that look like for you from start to finish? Now it looks like I get an idea and I write something down. I get a prompt and I write this story and then I immediately send it out to somebody and say, read this. What do you think? What do you think? And then I go oh my gosh, that was terrible. Why would I send that to somebody? Oh my gosh, they're going to read that. Oh, and then I send them an apology. (laughs) And then they send back and they're like, this is good. Why are, what are you saying? And then, and then I rewrite it five times and, um, and then I'm, I'm happy with it. And then I put it in a folder and find it in uh, six months later and go, oh gosh, that's not so bad. Maybe I should try to put that in a contest or something. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, as you can see, it's very formal process. I go through. Do you find that it's uh, any different for your feature writing versus fiction writing? Like I'm assuming features, you're more on a deadline based or it's more something provided to you topic wise. And that might not always be the case for fiction writing, I'm assuming. True. Yes. Yeah. Fiction, you're you're on your own. You're creating your own world. Um, Feature writing, you're taking somebody else's world and getting it out there so that other people can appreciate it. And um and yes, my muse speaks on deadline, which is why it takes me so long to get other my own work done. You know, that's why it's good to have a critique group or a contest deadline or something for me, because I will sit around and be like, mm, I will putz around with a piece of work forever. If there's not something like, oh, oh, I got to get this to, to Jenny tomorrow. Yeah, then, yeah, and suddenly it's all done. <laughs> You had, we had mentioned a little bit beforehand that 
not everyone believes their story is a story to be told, right? Uh, and as a features writer, as a reporter, as a journalist, sometimes it's your job to pull that story out of someone. Can you give us an example, right, where you might have seen something like that in practice and, and the tools or the questions you may use to, to evoke some of those storytellings from individuals? I was interviewing a man who was uh, living in a chicken house and they were going to tear down his chicken house and he was going to be homeless. And so I was talking to him and he was an older guy and he's like, well, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what, what have you done in your life? Oh my gosh. He started talking. He told me about how he had a store and he, he and his wife built up this business, but it was back in the forties or fifties. So nobody had insurance. And one day the store burned down. And so he had no insurance and there was no way, you know, it was too late for him to rebuild. And then his wife got sick and she died. And, you know, he told me all this. It was an incredible story right down to how they met. I, I, you know, once you get somebody going, sometimes they tell you, like he was telling me that he, his wife's family didn't want them to get married. And so they actually moved to Virginia so that they wouldn't be together. And then there was a hurricane and, and he said, he goes, I walked to Virginia to find her, to make sure she was okay. He said, and when I got to the border, she was walking the other direction. So, I mean, yeah, here's a guy who's like, oh, you know, I'm just an old man living in a chicken house that's got nowhere to go or no story to tell, but it's beautiful. Sometimes uh, something like that can be a challenge as it relates to evoking a story, getting the story on paper. Uh, there might be other challenges, right, such as writer's block, or uh, which is maybe what other people have heard. Uh, but are there any other challenges that you think writers uh, of any kind face as they're trying to... Uh, to craft their work? Comparison. I would say comparison is it. I was, I, I was just listening to a book by, I've started to do books on tape because I can listen to them in my car and try to multitask because that's my thing. <laughs> and I'm reading a, a book by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And there is nobody who writes description better than he does. Just incredible. And as I read that, I have to be careful that I don't start saying, well, I'll never do that. I'll never, I'll never write a sentence that beautiful. I got to, I just give up. What the heck? I'll just, you know, so that I think, I think you have to not do that. You have to think, okay, I'm, I am me. I'm doing what I'm doing as I think. And I, and I might get this wrong, but I think Irma Bombeck, if you know who she was, she was a, a humorist writer and she always wanted to be, a literary fiction writer. She wanted to write the great American novel, but I mean, she, she changed people's lives with her humorous take on things and people related to her. And so what she did was really important, but yeah, she, but I think you're always looking to like, well, maybe something, if I did that, I'd be better, but you have to appreciate who you are and what your style is. Well, I feel like we could flip that on its head, right. To say, rather than the challenge be, I could never write like that, flipping it to say, okay, what can I take from this to incorporate into my own writing? Uh, and so maybe it helps flesh out the writing over a course of a few years 
and or just tweaks right the the writing that already exists. Do you find that that's often the case where you'll revisit uh, a previous draft and kind of make tweaks to it based on some of the things you've either read or heard? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you think about and and yes, and you you look at this, you can you have to read to be able to write, I think. And the more you read and the more varied you read, the better you'll be able to write if writing is your thing. And so, yes, I would find, I find that, that I go back and look and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, in this book, they talked about the scene, you know, I, I knew exactly where they were by the smells and the sounds and the, and you're like, okay, I need more of that in my story. I need to, I need to put the person reading it in the middle of the story. Yeah. And so almost like a musician, right, who might find that they have to do scales or practice. This might be an, uh, an example where a writer has practiced, right, to say, OK, I'm going to I'm going to attempt to do that. I'm going to attempt to create a scene by only using the senses rather than telling people. Uh, would that be a fair statement? Yes, very much. And uh, I had a I had a instructor one time tell me to make ugly art. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're ever stuck, she said. Just sit down and start typing. She said, and you're not allowed to stop. Just set a timer for five minutes, 10 minutes, and don't think about, oh, is this any good? And don't edit whatsoever. She goes, your objective is to make it as ugly and awful as possible. And so when you do that, it really frees up a part of your brain that later you come back to it and you're like, well, you know, actually that one little piece in it isn't so bad. Yeah. But, you know, when you you give yourself the, uh, the freedom to just create. Do you find sometimes that your work in the nonfiction kind of feature world helps inform some of the fiction pieces that you write? Well, it surely gives me plenty of things to think about and people that I've met over the years. And, you know, like the guy I told you about, you know, I mean, that's going to show up in a book sometime. (laughs) So, and yeah, it's able to, I'm able to talk to these different people and get different ideas because I'm like most writers, I think, in that I'm an introvert. I'm actually a shy introvert. People are like, you interview people all the time. I mean, I've, I interviewed a prince one time. <laughs> and they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, it's kind of like you turn a switch on. Like, this is my job. I got to do it. You go out there, you do it. But if, if I'm standing at the party, I'm the person standing next to the food table, hoping somebody will come talk to me. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, but, um, but yes, the things, the people that I've met and it, are definitely good for creating better worlds in the stories that I write. And the stories that I write help me think about when I'm interviewing people for stories, well, what are some extra things that help us tell who this person is? You know, you look around their office and say, well, okay, they've got, you know, they, they have a baseball trophy. What are you doing with a baseball trophy? Well, when I was, you know, 10 years old, this was uh, the number one thing in my life. And so you're able to create a little more of a a human atmosphere out of somebody. I want to take just a minute here to remind our listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOB for Delaware State of the Arts. Kim, as you think about what keeps you motivated, keeps you inspired as you work on some of these long-term projects, I know that you had mentioned deadlines are always a helpful piece of that. Um, But do you find there are often other uh, objects, other mentalities that keep you motivated or inspired to keep writing? Um, yes, actually, I've been doing a lot of, of 
I've been reading the Bible. I've been doing devotionals and I'm thinking about, you know, speaking life and that your words matter. And so I really, I want to get out there that we have more in common with each other than we have different. And we need to look for that. You find what you look for. And I'm, so I'm hoping that I write some things that help people feel happy or want to talk to somebody else about something, or, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm writing anything super deep or, you know, going to change the world, but, you know, maybe it's something that somebody could say, Hey, did you see that? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Can you talk a bit about a specific moment or experience in your career that you're particularly proud of, or that had a, a significant impact on your creative process? Hmm. I know that, well, <sighs> One thing, I've had a couple of stories that I wrote as a journalist that had a significant impact. One, um, I covered Operation Restore Hope in Africa, in Somalia, and that I, I remember I was walking along a street in downtown Mogadishu, and I saw all these children wandering around, and I looked to my guard, my, my, the soldier who was walking with me, and I said, where are their parents? And he looked at me, and he said, they're dead. Mm. And it just, you know, it really hit me that, wow, you know, I mean, I, they, they were wondering where they were going to sleep, eat, live, whatever. I went home and could turn on a faucet and have running water. You know, that was not even a thought to them. So yeah, that's, that has impacted a lot of the things that I've written about or think about that, um, yeah. There's there's more out there than you're, the little bubble you're in. And by the way, we're, we're pretty darn blessed to be where we are. <laughs> if you were turning around and, and giving advice to your younger self, right? Um, what advice do you think you'll, you'd give yourself or other aspiring writers who are just starting their creative careers? Except who you are early on. I fought being a writer. I, I mean, I remember in high school, I had a principal as my senior year come to me and say, so Kim, what are you going, you know, where are you going to school? What are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to be going to school for pre-med. I'm going to be a doctor. And she looked at me and she goes, but you're a writer. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just something I do. That's not who I am. Writers don't make any money. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a writer. And so I fought it for years and didn't really get back to it. I mean, I started to be, I kind of fell into being a journalist. And then from that, I was probably in my, well into my thirties before I actually started writing again, just for me. And I look back now and it's like, how many years did I waste fighting who I really was and what I was supposed to do? So don't just, just do it. Just do what you're supposed to do. How do you stay up to date with trends and changes in the writing industry and the reporting industry? And then how do you adapt your work to those changes? Um, well, I take part in a lot of conferences and I, I have subscriptions to all of the writers, Writers Digest, publishers and authors. You know, I've got all those. I read all those and try to catch up on things that are going on, even you know, through the Delaware Division of the Arts to see what they're looking at and what's happening with all them. So that's one of the way I keep, I try to keep up. And then I have um, children and grandchildren who tell me what, uh, you know, every now and then they, they let me know what, what the hot new thing is that, that I had no idea. 
out. Can you talk about a time, and this kind of relates a little bit back to uh, what advice you might give yourself, when you received feedback or criticism that about your work that was maybe difficult to hear and how you process and acted on that feedback to improve your work? Well, I mean, I will tell you, I applied for this grant more than once. And so two times I applied and I wrote this very serious literary fiction piece that I thought was just it. You know, I was like, oh, this is perfect. And, and both times they came back saying, well, you know, it doesn't really, you're not quite there. You know, read this book, read this book, try this, you know, maybe you can, I think this author's doing kind of what you're wanting to do. And so I did, I read those and I, I looked back and I saw, okay, I can see how they did that. And yes, I can see why, yeah, I need to fill this out more and blah, blah, blah. And then the third time I was just like, yeah, I'm going to send in this cute little humorous piece I have. And it came back, the, the, the judge read, she goes, I was on board with your characters and felt them the moment from the first sentence. And I was like, huh, well, there you go. All this time I've been trying so hard. And this one, I just, this one just flowed out of me. It was fun. So, yeah. Can you talk a bit about, and this might be an example of right, what you had just said. Can you talk about a specific moment in your career when you either took a risk or stepped outside of your comfort zone and how you felt like that paid off in the end? Getting on a plane to go to Somalia was pretty, pretty much. Yeah, yeah you're going to you're somebody's going to shoot. At you. And in fact, in fact, I didn't know at the time, but apparently they they buy and sell women in there in Somalia. And I found out while I was there that I was worth 50 camels. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's but, good uh, to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, by the way, I got 50 camels. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that was one of the risks I took and I, I've tried to take that. That's the kind of thing I, I would like to step out and find something new, do something new. I was, you know, it seemed like for a while there, every place I went, um, I was in the middle of an uprising. I mean, there was a, I was in Greece one time and there was a spontaneous workers uprising in a square and it came flowing across with pitchforks and, um, people screaming and, and. And my friends standing there like, this is cinema verite. This is life. I'm like, it's going to be death if we don't get out of their way. <laughs> but, you know, that's the kind of thing that you watch that kind of passion. And you're like, all right, what motivates somebody to, to get involved like that? What, what pushes them in that? So you try to figure that out for other places. As we think forward, you're obviously not done writing. So what are some of your future creative goals, aspirations, and what other projects might we expect to see from you in the coming years? Well, I have a book that I wrote that it's probably, you can't see my hands, but they're way far out. <laughs> it's that big and it needs to come way back in and be about this big, which is much smaller. So I need to do a lot of editing on that. So I would really like to get that to a point where I could send it off and, and I, I would love to go the traditional publishing route someday and just have a, an agent and have a publisher, even if I make nothing. I, I forget who it was. One of the super famous top end authors. There's like, you know, she's like, don't, don't plan to quit your day job right away. She's, you know, her first book 
which was a bestseller, she bought kitchen chairs with her profits. So you're, you're not going <laughs> to. So that, but yeah, I would, I would like to do that. Um, that's my goal. And then I, I've been writing these short stories, flash fiction, you know, hundred words up to a thousand words. I am having so much fun with that. So I would like to get a whole, and they seem to follow any kind of a theme lately. So I'm like, well, maybe I could put a bunch of those together and present them in some way. Then as we wrap up, tell us a little bit about what success looks like for you, either in your, your uh, nonfiction feature writing and your fiction writing, or just you as an artist in general, what does, what does success look like for you? I'd love to say that success is uh, something that wells up within me and, you know, I can just feel that I've done my best, but now I really want somebody to somebody who doesn't know me to read my work and say, wow, I get it. Or that touched me or yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'd like to, I, again, I'd like to say it's all intrinsic, but it's not. I want somebody else to see it because, you know, I have friends read my work and I have, you know, people who know me read it and they're like, wow, that's just great. And I'm like, am I, is it because you're my, you like me or is it because it's really good and you, you're too, and you don't want to say, uh, or, you know, is it, does it stink? And you don't want to tell me because <laughs> you're my friend. So that's, that's, yeah, that's what I'd like. <laughs>